What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And I decided to buzz my hair again. I'm not growing it out anymore. Welcome to another Games and Groceries, where we're going to be talking about making a career from your passion with our special guest today, Limited Run Games. Yeah, we're going to be talking to Josh and Doug. Over from uh, Limited Run Games, so that's really cool that they're coming on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get there, we're going to be talking about some gaming news. If you're new to this podcast here, whether it be on audio or on YouTube, hi, I'm waving to you. Uh, here at Games and Groceries Podcast, we usually do movie minutes, which we're skipping today to give more time to our guests. But we're going to be giving you our top three gaming news just to give you a condensed version of the gaming industry. And then we're going to have a little interview with our guests and a big topic. But... Before we start the whole show, I always say every single week, Liz, how you doing? I'm doing good. That's a lie. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we're in the stress of, in the moving situation. We yeah. are moving to a new city, so it's a little stressful. Yeah. Yeah. No one wants to hire me, guys. Oh. I, <laughs> I want to hire you to be my wife. That's weird. Yeah. You got the job. You're so weird. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it is a little bit stressful, but you know, we're here. We want to give you a good show anyway. Uh, But yeah, we're we're super excited to have Josh and Doug on. Yes, very excited. Yeah. So as soon as they uh, they agreed, I was just like, nice. And so I started researching them. Nice. (laughs) But uh, let's just get the show started because you're all here to see Limited Run Games. You're not here for us. Just, just be well, honest. I hope with us. they're here for us a little bit. Yeah. Well, Nikki's here for us. That's true. What's up, Nikki? <laughs> uh, but before we get started with our show, we want to remind you that we are on social media pages, but we are on Twitter at Gaming Groceries. We're also on there individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. You can follow us individually, be friends with us, and just start a conversation with us. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, also on Instagram. Games of Groceries, all one word, where we post a... I haven't posted a gaming meme in a while. I need to get back you on haven't. that. But we post a behind the scenes as well as... Uh, now we have a new segment called Midweek Speak. And I ask you a little discussion question. And I want you to uh, give me your input so that you can be in on a conversation on our Wednesday upload. So definitely follow us on Twitter and Instagram for all of that. And uh, you can check out our website, gamesofgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the audio episodes from the website as well as find out where you can li- where you can listen to it including iHeartRadio. we're on there but you can check it out on the website gamesandgroceries.com and finally 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 if you're new here definitely consider hitting a subscribe button and a notification bell or if you're listening on the audio definitely subscribe to the show if you're on itunes oh, hit that subscribe if you're on um i think castbox has subscriptions definitely can consider uh you know clicking that and if you went through this entire episode and you're watching this on YouTube, uh, if you enjoyed it, definitely give it a like and a share for anybody who would be interested in this podcast episode. So with all that settled, let's just get into our first segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the game news that we saw in the past week, and we like to uh, rank it three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of what's going on in the games industry. So. Let's just get this ball rolling with our number three gaming news. And that is, oh, that's our dog. You saw him in the little credits if you're watching this on YouTube. But Analog, Analog is actually coming out with a new handheld system Mm -hmm. um, called the Analog Pocket. Now, 
If you don't know Analog, come on over here. Come on over here, dog. Go cuddle with dad. Anyways, so Analog is the high-end retro gaming console maker. Uh, they did their own of uh, the NES, the SNES, and the mm-hmm. Sega Genesis. But now they've come out with what's called the Analog Pocket, and it is sleek. It's nice. It looks so gorgeous, and I want it. But let me explain what this is. So this Analog Pocket, right, it's compatible one like in fact number one here it's compatible with all game boy original game boy color and game boy advanced games now what i learned that these next three consoles that it's compatible with you have to buy an extra doohickey for it to be compatible with do piece maybe yeah a little piece it'll be sold separately but yeah if you buy this piece it will also be compatible with the sega game gear neo geo pockets as well as atari Lynx games wow that's really cool yeah so it's compatible with all of those as well as it will have a dock to go on your tv so it, it will be this tiny little minimalistic style dock they can just put this it on ambitious there. it really is well I, I haven't gotten to the the meat of it yet talking about ambition but this little dock you know you plug it in and it has two usb ports that you can plug in your USB controllers onto it, as well as it has Bluetooth compatibility that you can plug in any 8-bit dough uh, controller onto it, and you can just go on the fly with Bluetooth compatibility. But talking about Ambition, it actually has a music synthesizer built into it for live production. Like, you can actually play music from this thing. Mm. And I forget, I didn't write this in my notes. No! Uh, But it will have a program into it Starts with an F. Um, I'm on what the spot. What does it do? Well, it, it has developments uh, tools into it. If you want to develop games, mm-hmm. you can actually develop for this system. That's cool. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on this? By the it's, way, it's $200 and it's coming out in 2020. It's cool. I mean, that's all I had to say about it. Like, too. really, there's what else are you going to say about it? It's a really cool product. And mm-hmm. I think if they do it right, it can be really good. Yeah. Um, I, it's since it's not coming out until next year, I'm sure we're going to learn a whole lot more about it over the next year. Yeah. Um, but I think it's got potential if they do it right. And it has a super high resolution. So it's actually going to upscale games to make it not like 4k it's not going to mm-hmm. be like a remaster but actually you know what i take that back it is going to be essentially a remaster because it's going to be much more color depth a mm-hmm. lot more clarity it's it'll be your it... old games but better picture it's not gonna be so fuzzy yeah no that's exactly what it is um i think this is great yeah in terms of um you know game collecting and as well as um um uh well we just talked to eon gaming about this too Game preservation. Good job, Adam's brain. But yeah, I'm really excited for this to come out. Yeah. So very. But uh, we, uh, you know, as more information comes out, I'll yeah, we'll definitely be reporting on this as you know we get stuff. Yeah, but good on you, Analog. Good job. I love you a lot for doing this. Cause <laughs> Floki looked up when I said that. He's like me. No, I don't. Well, I like you. Good job, Floki. You're so good. But anyways, let's move on to our number two. Uh, gaming news and that is ha fallout 76 once again if you're new to the show i've been talking about fallout 76 since before actually since it was announced yeah in i believe it was may have i mentioned i'm so tired of talking about bethesda 
Well, too bad. We're talking about it now in this show. I know. It's not that I want to report on it because it's news, but yeah. it's like, can they stop giving us things to report <laughs> on? So let me say what the topic is at hand is that they actually did something good. And we're going to be talking about this in Wednesday's upload. That's what the the uh, midweek speak is going to be on. So I'm not going to talk too much about this. I want to save the conversation for Wednesday's upload. But Bethesda has announced that the NPC update known as Wastelanders is going to be delayed into early 2020. Quarter one, 2020. You know, when Final Fantasy Remake is supposed to be coming out. You know, when Animal Crossing is supposed to be coming out. You, you know, that, that good old game. that other people actually want. Yeah. And, and he actually announced this in a blog post. And I want to read what the blog post has to say. Uh, this is coming from Bethesda's website. And uh, the topic is Wastelanders. And I want to re- read the first paragraph here. And it says, we've been hard at work on Fallout 76 this year. Uh, sure. Uh, including our biggest free update yet. Our biggest free update yet. Wastelanders. We're excited about how Wastelanders is coming together, but it's going to need more time to be the best, most polished update it can be. Good for you, Bethesda. So we are delaying its release to quarter one next year. We've continued to reevaluate our change, uh, to reevaluate and change our processes to make sure the work we're doing hits our quality bar and yours. We apologize for this delay but know it will be worth the extra time. So with this blog post, I think I also read that private servers are coming. Well, by, by the time you're listening to this podcast, it's coming this week. Mm-hmm. You're, you're listening to this on Monday. So um, yeah, it's coming this week. And the Atomic Shop is supposed to be getting a, a boost. It's going to be getting a fix. So it's pretty cool. But... I'm a little concerned about this. I'm not concerned about the delay. Not concerned about that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fine move by Bethesda. It's just, do you know what's coming out in quarter one, 2020? Yeah. Do you know what's coming out in quarter two, 2020? Well, not even that. I mean, and we've preached before that, like, we'd rather have a delay than a bad game. Yeah. But. But. Anything Bethesda does now mm-hmm. makes me nervous. Yeah. Because they're delaying it, which means they're not ready. Mm-hmm. I highly doubt it's because they want to make it better. I it's pretty sure that it's because it's they're not ready. Mm-hmm. But at yeah. the and at the same time, now the pressure's even higher. And they don't need yes. that kind of pressure right now. So if this comes out and it is not good, yeah. or if they have to delay it again, ooh, that people are gonna be angry. 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 Now, here's the one thing I do want to point out, and uh, I'm just writing down a timestamp here just to make sure. Um, but the one thing I want people to be concerned with, not concerned with, but just to make sure that you don't get mixed up with, uh, Mr. Matty Place did a fantastic video on this, by the way. Fantastic. A uh, good buddy of mine. We're actually best friends. No, oh, geez. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, we're enemies. But, oh, jeez. But he did make a fantastic video. But the one thing he, I think he uh, kind of misread is that it's, uh, he saw biggest update yet. Biggest update. And he's like talking about Far Harbor and um, Shivering Isles. But keep in mind, it says including our biggest free update. Our mm-hmm. free updates. Free. Biggest free update. So it's not going to be counting. Um, by the way, I'm going to link Matt, Matty's uh, video right here. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, but 
it's going to be our biggest free updates. So keep that in mind because it's not going to be like a DLC. It is going to be a DLC, but it's our free updates. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I want to talk too much about this. I want to save this for Wednesday's yeah. upload. But let's just move on to our number one gaming news. And drama alert. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> but a big feud between Blizzard and Nintendo is arising amidst Blizzard throwing Nintendo under the bus. Yeah. What? Yeah. We thought Bethesda was bad. No, no, no. Blizzard comes next. Yeah. So this is all coming after. This is all coming after. Um, Blizzard was supposed to have a launch event at Nintendo World in New York, mm-hmm. which I don't step foot into the city of New York because social anxiety. But uh, they they closed an event. The B- Blizzard canceled the event, the launch event at Nintendo. Nintendo was not so pleased about that because Overwatch is a Huge game coming to the Switch. Yeah. And they just said, you know what? No. Yeah. I forget the reasoning behind it. I'm sure there's like a lot of, you know, conjecture about that. But the whole political thing that they're doing with Hong Kong and China, uh, I'm sure Nintendo being in Japan has some say in it as well. So they canceled their event. Yeah. So what Nintendo does when it launched on the Switch, it completely snuffed their launch completely like they ignored it they pushed the witcher 3 they pushed uh fortnite chapter 2 oh i didn't put that down fortnite chapter 2 it's back all right there, there's a gaming news um but you know it pushed these games but completely ignored overwatch yeah and to the point to the point nintendo themselves are giving refunds for pre-orders on overwatch this this tweet has been making the rounds on a lot of um, on a lot of gaming news sites, and I want to read it. And I'm going to read the first part, and he had a follow up tweet that is not making the rounds. So let me read the first part. This is coming from at uh, GetVent, um, good name. So he says this: Good news if you pre-ordered Overwatch on Switch, but you don't want to continue to support Blizzard, you can call Nintendo support, and they can give you a refund. Just went through the process myself, and they said they normally don't cancel digital pre-orders, but this is a unique case. Well. So Nintendo is like saying like, yeah, I don't like you, Blizzard. Now, before I say anything else, I want to read his second part. Mm-hmm. His second part says, though the refund was an eShop credit, and they wanted to make sure I hadn't canceled any pre-orders before. Um, made sure to say that this one was one time, uh, okay. Made sure to say this was one time thing. So you can't really abuse the system to constantly cancel pre-orders. I'm still happy they were able to hashtag boycott blizzard. So uh, again, there was some, you know, little like Mm -hmm. hiccups there. Like you can't be like saying like, oh, well I want to cancel this pre-order again. Yeah. But because this was a special case with Blizzard, yeah. Nintendo's like, yeah. Yeah, we'll <laughs> give you a refund. But there were caveats. No, 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 Liz, what what are your thoughts before I go on? Um I I just think Nintendo's response is funny. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they're like, "You know what? Mm-hmm. We don't need you." Yeah. It's <laughs> like so they're, weird. they're like, "We're Nintendo, we don't need you. Bye-bye." Yeah. It's it's just so odd. Yeah. Um it's not, 
I shouldn't say odd because if if you like really get under Nintendo's skin. Oh yeah, they have the power. Yeah. I I just got done well, not just got done. Like a few months back I got done reading um uh, console wars mm-hmm. between Sega and Nintendo and what Nintendo will do to you if you try to get in its way. Oh. Well, that's why it won. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the thing. Blizzard's trying to be like, nope, we're bigger than you, Nintendo. Oof. Yeah, that's... Nintendo's. <laughs> but that... that's why Nintendo's like, mm. yeah, <laughs> you don't even know, child. <laughs> exactly. That's like messing with Disney. Yeah, it is. That's like trying to brawl with Disney. Kenny Disney probably owns Nintendo. We don't even know. Wouldn't that be crazy? I wouldn't be surprised if it came out that Disney owns the world. That would be weird. I mean, I just found out that. What does Disney owns ESPN Plus? I didn't know that. Disney also owns National Geo Wild or yeah. Oh yeah, National Geographic. I own so many things. That's so crazy. <laughs> that's so crazy. And that's why I'm buying Disney Plus. I hate Disney. I hate it. If but you're new here, Disney Plus because it's got everything. Because uh, Moon Knight's <laughs> going to be on there. And I love Moon Knight. Anyways, but we want to give more time to our guests. Yeah. We want to give more time to our guests, who, of course, are Doug and Josh. From yeah. Limited Run Games. Now, we're going to yeah. ask them a few interview questions just so you can get to know them a little better because, you know, they're they're a small company. You don't really know. Oh, yeah. they, were only, they only had an E3 conference, which was awesome. I loved their yeah. E3 conference. We uh, actually reported on it on our E3 episodes, um, if you want to check those out. But uh, we're going to be talking with them about uh, North Carolina and going to be talking about uh, chinchillas. So keep in mind of that. And then we're going to be having a big discussion on mm-hmm. making a career from your passion. But Adam, stop talking. Bring them out. <laughs> Will do, listener and viewer. So let's just bring them right out. Let's introduce our guests for today, Doug and Josh from Limited Run Games. It's interview time. So with us today on the uh, interview section of our podcast for today, we have Doug and Josh. From Limited Run Games. Say hello, guys. Hello, guys. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> nice. So, uh, Douglas, out. do you go by Doug or Douglas? Uh, typically Douglas, but at this point, I don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally feel... I mean, it's your name. You got to respect that. So, I'm going to call you Douglas from here on out. Because... Um, yeah. And uh, Josh, you go by Josh, not Joshua. Yep, Josh. Josh. All right. Short so before we get into our talking time segment, we want to ask you guys some interview questions just to make sure that everybody here knows each other. So we're going to get the ball rolling because, Douglas, I have a question for you. Uh, I see that you love your two chinchillas. I believe one of them is called Ch- uh, Chewy, if I'm right. Yeah, they're uh, Han and Chewy, just like Han Solo and Chewbacca. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you give a lot of love to your chinchillas. I see them on Twitter. But I want to ask you. Why should people consider giving more love to chinchillas? Um, they're just great pets to have. They're a lot of fun. They uh, they don't personally stink. Their cage can stink, so that's the only issue. But otherwise, they're a lot of fun to have. They do like flips and stuff, and they what? parkour everywhere. And you can get them to jump on your shoulders. Uh, they can be a little devious. They like uh, these like dried apple treats, and sometimes they figure out where I hide them, and they'll try to run off with the entire bag, <laughs> and you have to like stop them. Um, <laughs> They take sand baths, which are kind of cute. Um, and they're just, I don't know, they're just really entertaining. It's just like you can just relax and watch them and like disconnect for a little while. And I think not enough people do that. They get pets and then I think they forget the joy of like having an actual pet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
No, that's true. And um, if I'm hearing this right, I've never owned a chinchilla, been around a chinchilla. Do they get called by name much like dogs do? Like they respond to it? They respond to names? Ah. Uh. I've seen videos of people doing it. My chinchillas don't really. They uh, yeah. they respond to noises. Um, you adopted them, though, yeah, from they're like already, previous owners. They were so. already a little older. So you changed their name also. Yeah, but even the names she told me they were that didn't work. Gotcha. Oh, she was a very good like owner. They seem kind of neglected. Um, oh, man. Yeah. they. Uh, I've seen videos, though, of people like doing it. I think they respond better to noises because um, I see like videos of people training to do tricks, and they'll do like little clicks or something. Yeah. Uh, and like mine will respond to that stuff, but not so much their names. Dang. So uh, oh. now I can invite, uh, convince my wife Liz to get a chinchilla. I I I don't know. I don't know. He makes I don't a good know. Point. See this thing. I don't know if Floki could handle having Floki being our dog, by the way. Yeah, I don't know if Floki could uh. handle having a chinchilla. I think <laughs> it would scare the crap out of him. <laughs> yeah, probably, but just gotta experiment. But uh, Josh, we got a question for you. Yeah. So Josh. Being a father, what in what is your opinion on introducing your kids to video games for the first time? Do you go retro first or do you start on the modern systems? So I've had my daughter play a lot of stuff. I'm not having her kind of go through anything in specific. Uh, she has just randomly been interested in playing some retro stuff. Hmm. Uh, and so, you know, it's kind of unexpected. Like I brought home my Neo Geo Mini uh, when I got it like a year ago and she wanted to play that. So we played that for a couple hours uh, and she liked playing the PlayStation mini when I brought it home. I think she's the only person in the world that liked playing the PlayStation mini. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> most people didn't like it. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I was glad she did. Um, but I think for the most part, like the games that she's enjoyed the most have been uh, modern things. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the game that she had kind of the most fun playing was Pokemon Let's Go. Nice. Uh, yeah. Which I guess is, you know, a good mix between retro and modern. So, because mm. yeah, it is, you know, yeah, she liked the throwing, but it was also like an introduction into Pokemon. So she got to see like all the creatures and then she wanted to watch the anime. So now she's on season seven of that. And she knows wow. more about it than I do. More than I, probably, probably the whole office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that kind of introduced her into Pokemon, and now she, like, plays Roblox, which every kid in the world plays. Oh, of course, yeah. And I have to play Roblox with her, and <laughs> it's really just clicking on things mindlessly while numbers go up for the most part. Yeah. yeah. Um, kids apparently like to click on things endlessly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have a strong opinion one way or the other. I just want her to enjoy games. Yeah. Uh, so I don't feel like... I don't feel like I should try to, like, cultivate her taste. Like, I should, mm-hmm. I should like guide her into like liking games and developing her own taste for them yeah yeah uh, so that's kind of how i've been approaching it no that makes a lot of sense i mean um y- your answer kind of reminds me of a uh, wombat from uh cheap ass gamer uh someone asked him the, sa- the same question like how can i get my kid to like retro games and he just kept saying your kid is just gonna like what they like just let them like what they like yeah if and he said like if you play retro games they're gonna get interested Mm-hmm. But no, no, like that. That's a good answer. But uh, Pokemon Let's Go, like, though, I like yeah. that. One of my employees, Joe, uh, he he tried to make his kid play Mega Man, and uh, <laughs> yeah, didn't, work. <laughs> didn't really work. His kid hates Mega Man. What? I mean, because Joe uh, Joe has played so much Mega Man in front of him that like mm-hmm. I think his kid like thinks it's a punishment at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a shame. But uh, yeah, I mean. Game, you know, kids will like what they like, and if they like clicking on things, like in Roblox, you know. Whatever. It is what it is. So, 
that kind of segues into our next question, which is about Switch games. Uh, talk about liking what you like. I want to get your guys' opinion. So we have just recently bought a Switch Lite, and we're constantly building up our library. But as the kings of the eShop, I'm declaring here on the podcast, you heard it here first, <laughs> kings of the eShop, I want to know from you, what are your one to three must-play gems that are in the eShop that have also gotten a physical release? Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go solely on our releases. There mm-hmm. are plenty of other games out there that uh, that... Uh, I would recommend, mm-hmm. uh, but out of our library, my top three picks are Dust, West of Loathing, Dang. and <laughs> Dust, West of Loathing, and uh, Golf Story. Okay, those are my three favorites that that we've released physically. Uh, mine are Golf Story, West of Loathing, and Celeste. Oh, so, yeah. nice! Yeah. up there too. For yeah, Bloodstains in the top five. Oh, okay, um, but. Yeah, I would, it's very similar to yours. Yeah, I've heard of West of Loathing. Now, what is that game about? Like, uh, I, I actually haven't seen any gameplay. I saw a beat 'em ups video about it, but it's, it's 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 a game that looks like stick figures, and I immediately dismissed it, and I was very mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I pushed to sign this game uh, because I knew that Kingdom of Loathing had a huge fan base. That was it was like a website like web game thing that looked like it was made in Microsoft Paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really popular, and I knew I had a huge fan base, so uh, I was really keen to sign West of Loathing, and I kept telling everybody in the office, we got to sign this game, and they're like, but it's stick figures. Yeah. This, And then I got them to actually play the game, and they were like, this is legitimately the most funny game that the writing we've genius. ever played. Yeah. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. And it is. like From the get-go. It, it's one of the few games that has actually made me genuinely laugh Damn. at a video game. Like, it's not trying... Mm-hmm. hard to be funny it just actually is funny mm. dang and it, it remains funny for the entire playthrough it's about a five or six hour rpg game and it stays funny the whole time is it kind of like the humor in uh thimbleweed park it's a little more juvenile yeah okay. i mean it's like i, I don't want to like spoil any of the 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 jokes in it um really stupid which like my kind of humor is very stupid i like (laughs) stupid stuff like uh i'm a big fan of tim and eric and i know that's not to everybody's liking no i feel you there it's uh it's It's classic it's kind it's kind of a a stupid type of humor that my wife like looks down upon but (laughs) uh yeah west of loathing just hit in all of the right places for me Mm -hmm. because at every turn it does something weird and unexpected that makes me laugh. Yeah, I, I have to agree 100%. I uh, really thought just because it's stick figures, it couldn't be that funny. But then they just do some stuff that you're like, wow, I can't believe they like the, the stuff they pull off. And the art is just hmm. hilarious. The, the manual for the, the art physical book. release. Uh, the manual art book. Yeah, we have we have an art book with our physical release. And this game has like, it, 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 the art book is concept art on one page. Yeah. And then game art on the other and the way they did it was the concept art is super high detail, and then the game art is the stick figure. That's awesome. So it's just the way that it's presented is amazing. Dang. Yeah, like uh, like I said, I, I've seen it, but I think you guys sold me on it for sure. I mean, yeah. Golf Story I've, I've known about, but yeah, West of Loathing. Yeah. Definitely going to have yep. to play that game. 
get it. It's it's so good. It's only it's uh, eleven dollars on Switch on the eShop. Oh, okay. And, uh, our our physical release is a little bit more than that because we sold it last August now, so it's over a year old. Um, oh yeah. So it's it's had some time to uh, sizzle up in price, but uh, the eShop version is super affordable, and mm-hmm. it will be some of the best eleven dollars you've ever spent. I I'm completely sold on that. Yeah. So I'll be playing that for sure. <laughs> but uh Liz, you bring us into our uh, next question is also about games. Yeah, so we had heard that you once spoke to Lauren Lanning about putting Oddworld on the Vita and it was a let's just do it kind of deal followed by just a handshake. Is this true and is there more to the story? Uh so with Oddworld, they actually they came to us. Uh hmm. They had already released New and Tasty on Vita. Um, I don't think that they had much faith that a physical release would sell that well, but they wanted to try because the guy that uh, reached out to us was a big fan of physical media. Mm. And in the past, Oddworld had been burned by some of the bigger publishers, and they just had no interest in working with a big publisher on doing a retail release. So when we came about, they kind of felt like we fit what they wanted in mm. a physical partner. This kind of like almost do-it-yourself publisher that that we are. Uh, they could just come to us and, and throw their game at us and be like, "Hey, release it physically." So that deal with Oddworld like moved super fast. Yeah. Uh, I think they came to us right after Breach and Clear went up. So after our first release went up, they saw it and they were like, "We got to work with them." And within like a week and a half, we were working with them. Wow. So that's crazy. It felt like basically a handshake. And I think maybe subsequent releases with them have, I think one of them was actually just a handshake. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't think it wasn't the first one, but I think it was a subsequent release, one of the PS3 ones, maybe, where they were just like, yeah, do it, go. Yeah, we've done a few of that. A few, a few of those kind of yeah. handshakes now. Yeah, most of those have been accidents. Yeah, really? Oh, crap. We just, we, we, just, we, just, we, just, we just hit the ground running and we're like, oh, we all forgot to sign a contract. <laughs> wow. Uh, now, let me ask you kind of a side question into that. This is kind of like question four, you know, number point B, two. point two. <laughs> but percentage-wise, estimation, how many of your deals are basically handshake deals? Uh, a lot of them start off that way from events. I mean, yeah, a lot of them start off with, you know, a developer just being super excited and saying, yeah, let's do it. Uh, when we do ones that don't have a contract, those are accidents. Yeah. Really? Uh, technically, we should really have a contract. Yeah, we, we have to we have to be professional. <laughs> Otherwise, our lawyer will get mad. Dang. I mean, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes kind of sense, yeah. <laughs> but, like, the, the bigger you get, you know, the more lawyers have to be involved, I guess. But I can I, I can tell you like our, our Disney deal wasn't a handshake. Really, it was like a, a, a seventy-eight page legal document. Mm-hmm. So it was a full yeah. That was and, a long and, and Mickey standing outside our window, glaring at us twenty-four-seven, <laughs> making sure we don't do anything wrong. And I'm assuming this is uh, the the Star Wars games you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. 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 When I saw that at E3, I was like, they managed to get the Star Wars license. That's insane. But. Yeah, like you said, that's definitely not a handshake deal right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Man. Well, I want to bring you guys to... Um, now, is North Carolina your hometown, or did you did you just move there? It's Yeah, neither of us it would consider it our hometown. We, we, both, we both had our, like... 1906? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you came here in 99. I came here in 97. So I was in fourth grade when I came here, and you were in sixth grade when you came here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm originally from the Bay Area in California. Uh, okay. It got too expensive for my parents to keep living there, so they moved us out here. Yeah. Uh, and Douglas was I'm from just, Atlanta. Oh, okay. And it was too expensive and dangerous there, and it's cheaper to live out here. So my dad switched companies, and yep. And then I met Josh, and then we just kind of stayed yeah right yeah. yeah well that yeah like, you weren't the reason i didn't move yeah <laughs> yeah but every time i bring it up you get yeah. mad because i wouldn't have like yeah yeah i don't really have many other friends so oh yeah uh, sad lonely man same but uh yeah it's- yeah we've been in North Carolina and it's uh it's, it's been it's been okay like i don't really have too many things to fault it for yeah, because I was going to actually ask you about that, because a lot of people know North Carolina being the first in flight, as well as having some amazing barbecue joints. I've been there before. I love the dry seasoning. That's really awesome. But I want to ask you guys, with a little bit more experience in North Carolina, what are some great things about living in the NC that not a lot of people know about? Cheap rent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when we go to events, though, like everybody tells me how much they're paying like a studio, and I'm like, I pay that for a house, and it's always... Just yeah. Really funny. Yeah. It's uh, you know, people in the Bay Area talking about how they're renting what uh, amounts to a closet for like three thousand dollars a month or whatever. Yeah. That's more than I'm paying. And and yeah, like house. our mortgages to own a house like a thousand bucks here or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's not the it's not the cheapest place in the United States. Uh, yeah, and it's definitely mm-hmm. getting more expensive as more people move here. I wouldn't say I'm deeply embedded in North Carolina culture, so like mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, me neither. I don't necessarily. I know we have some really gross food at our state fairs, like uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, sloppy joes between two donuts. What? Snickers. Uh, yeah, but fried Snickers is pretty tame. That's true. Like the the donut sloppy Joe. That's that's you know, that, that's that's a different level. Of, like, I, I sandwiches. I don't even understand it because it was not a sloppy Joe. It's two jelly donuts with a jelly sloppy donuts. Joe in the middle. I was picturing the hole, and I was wondering how did that work. No, it's jelly donuts. Oh, so that's gross. Like, that not work. I don't want to think about the interplay between like a strawberry flavor and a sloppy Joe. Like, that doesn't sound. Have you even attempted to eat it? No, I'm not going to try that. I tried <laughs> the burger that they have at the state fair between like two donuts. <laughs> they have a Krispy Kreme burger. That's oh. pretty okay. Okay. Yeah. See that I want to try. <laughs> yeah. But, the, uh, but like the sloppy Joe just does not appeal to me. And this yeah. year they have sloppy Joe between two honey buns. Whoa. Which also sounds kind of yeah. Mm. Did you know to make sloppy joe? You can't just have the can. You need the meat. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. I made that mistake. I thought the meat was in the can, and I was like, "Oh god, what have I done?" Oh <laughs> it's just like just like ketchup in a can. Like, you need to have the meat. It was a disappointing day. Um, yeah, that's pretty sloppy though. It's I mean, real sloppy. Yeah, oh it's like a dip. But I mean, I think like the the serious thing though that people don't know about North Carolina is like we've got a lot of big game companies here, and a lot of people mm-hmm. don't think about that. They don't know that. Like Epic Games is like five minutes down the street from oh, us. Yeah. Uh, Insomniac is here. Tom Clancy's Funcom. company, Funcom, uh, and Tom Clancy's company is basically Ubisoft US. So Ubisoft US is here. Temple Run people. Wow. Huh? Oh, yeah, the people who made Temple Run are here. Uh, hmm. These defunct gaming studio. Key was here. Was here. Yeah. Um, isn't isn't yeah, it like stuff? I feel like we don't really pay that much attention to it because, like, I like barbecue, but I'm never like, wow, this is the best barbecue I've ever had. And it might be because I'm spoiled. 
Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there there might be like other good things here that that are that are worth talking about. But like every time somebody visits here, they're like, "Let me get Bojangles," and we're all just kind of like, "Okay, okay, all right." We're like, like, "Eh." "Yeah, Yeah, Bojangles isn't you know it's it's okay it's it's fine." Yeah, yeah. I guess the cool the cool adult stuff is we have some nice museums. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Yeah. it's better than Bojangles. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, um, I want to respect you guys' time, but um, if anybody's listening to everybody's oh, listening geez. to us, of course. <laughs> but uh, I, I hope you got to know uh, both Josh and Doug a little bit better, and how much they uh, they enjoy Slappy Joe donuts. Oh, that sounds oh. disgusting. But we want to get into a donut that was filled with Sloppy Joe. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, a donut that was filled with Sloppy Joe. I could get behind that. Yeah, maybe. that might be okay. Because my favorite thing at the state fair, they actually have deep fried meatballs, but it's basically like it's not just a meatball that's been deep fried. It's like take a mozzarella stick, but put a oh, meatball. I was gonna ask you if it was cheese. Put a meatball and mozzarella and meatball mozzarella and marinara inside of the mozzarella stick shell. That sounds amazing. Whoa! And put it on a stick. <laughs> that's the deep fried meatball at the state fair, and it is good. That last part. Is that good. is what I'm put getting when stick. I go to the state fair. It's great because you get a stick with five of them on it. Oh. That's insane. It's delicious. Well, anyway, <laughs> so we want to. Oh, hi! Our our dog is climbing over us. That's fantastic. Um, he's a he's a Chihuahua, so it's not like a Labrador, just like <laughs> like climbing. Awesome. I have a Chihuahua. Oh, Chihuahuas are amazing. He's a good boy. But uh, yeah, we just want to move on to our uh, next segment segment where we're going to be talking about making a career with your passion in life. So, with that said. Let's move on to our next segment. Coffee time. Every single week here on the Games and Groceries podcast, we like to talk about a big topic within the gaming industry, whether it be about female gamers or even game preservation. But today, like I said before, you just saw them or heard them. Uh, Josh and Douglas, I almost called them Doug again. Josh and (laughs) Douglas are here to talk about making a career from your passion and to start a conversation off, let's first put a definition behind a passion in life. And is it more than just a hobby, more than just an interest? Uh, I want to start with you guys. What do you, what do you think is the definition of having a passion in life? Uh, I would just say it's the, one of the things you care the most about. I mean, mm. if, if you love cars, cars is your passion. If you <laughs> cars is your passion, that's a Cars yeah. are. I'm using bad grammar. Yeah, your bad grammar is rubbing <laughs> off on. Of, hey, what are you talking about? It's probably my four year old um, or a five year old talking. Yeah. I don't know why I just called her four. She just turned five two months ago. I should probably you know have <laughs> it in my head that she's five. Yes. Um, man. Yeah. yeah. For for me, a passion is definitely it's uh it goes beyond being just a hobby. It's something you recognize as something you would like to do for the rest of your life, or something you would love to be more involved with. So it's like I like mm. music. But I'd rather also make music. Like I feel like I could do this, or like I like playing video games. I want to be part of the process. I, I feel like this is so who I am. I thought your passion was selling cell phones at Best Buy. No, <laughs> no. this is what I told myself to get through the day. <laughs> but no. yeah, that 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 to me is what a passion is. It goes beyond just being a hobby at that point. Yeah, I can 
I can agree with that. That yeah. it's beyond just an interest. I, I feel like it's interest into a hobby, into a passion. Uh, but Liz, what do you what do you think about that? No, I definitely have to agree with that. I with your way of thinking about it, it's like it's an interest. Like, oh, I'm interested in yeah video games, and it's like a hobby. Like, all right, well, you know, let's see what I like. What we can do with that? How can I like? Let's play video games and mm. do this and watch videos. It's like, all right, now how can I contribute to this and make it? my job like how can i do this forever right and uh, and i like what um josh said that it's the thing you most care about if cars is your passion um (laughs) then that's (laughs) and that's the thing that you're just going to what's that passion is like to me uh it's it's kind of uh something i think about often is how like Mm -hmm. i have very little to converse about outside of video games it's a problem i have being a dad like yeah. When I have to talk to other dads, Poor I have neighbors. like almost nothing to talk to them about because like the only thing I can talk about is games because that's my passion. And it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. like how about the, the latest sports scores? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I, right. I got nothing for you. What about grilling? I got nothing for you. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I cook Easy Mac. <laughs> that's, 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 that's a good thing I to cook, though. though. I like Easy, Easy Mac. Mac is delicious. Yeah, right. So your passion could be Easy Mac. Like, my I, passion is my no, dog. I, I have a passion for Oreos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which are vegan, by the way. They are. Yeah. They're good. Thank the Lord. But yeah, like, I, I think, like, when we're talking about making a career from your passion, it's not making a career from your hobby. It's something like, again, like what Josh said, it's something that all you can think about, all you can talk about is that passion. If your passion is barbecue, like, you're just going to be constantly talking about that, right? But... With your passion, it's, you know, video games and the creation of video games and distributing video games. You know, it's it's all about that. Um, and I want to ask you, like going into forward into our conversation, there are a lot of societal expectations, especially for as you get older, uh, where you need to get, quote unquote, a real job. You know, you need to get your real responsibilities, blah, blah, blah. But how do societal expectations can distract or deter you from making a career into your passion or let me rephrase that. Uh, refra- uh, defer you for making a career from your passion. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I can say, like, I never wanted to have a normal job. I basically said, screw that. Yeah. Uh, from the from from the get-go. I never wanted a boss or another thing. So I kind of set out uh, initially to pursue something I was passionate about. So I started my own game development company out of college. I worked a little bit about uh, at epic games when i was in college as a tester oh that's crazy um but i kind of didn't like that experience because i had a boss i had all these expectations mm. and toys R Us. i didn't like it i worked at toys R Us when i was in high school and saying, I worked, like you've had I worked as a lifeguard but my lifeguard job was basically like i might as well like just blow a whistle and sit there yeah just sit there and stare at people in a pool because everybody there knew how to swim so i was basically yeah. useless yeah i was as good as like a fixture on the side of the pool <laughs> i sold them like food occasionally like oh, that's, there you go. that was that was what i did um, now your, like, your studio, uh, Mighty Rabbit Studios. Yeah, Mighty Rabbit Studios was the game development company I started out of college, um, and I was able to be my own boss during that time. And I funded it by going around and buying and selling used video games. So I was, you know, doing another passion thing on the on the side, which was you know buying and selling these old games, which yeah. I just I liked doing. It wasn't even like 
the making money portion of it that I liked. Like I felt like a weird like video game Indiana Jones going through <laughs> pawn shops and thrift stores, digging through like really dirty, grimy boxes to find games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that just that just appealed to me. Like I liked knowing that for like a week I would own a very rare video game artifact before I would be forced to sell it. Uh, if I could go back and keep all of the crazy things I found, uh, I would totally 100% do it in a heartbeat. There's so many things I regret selling, but you mean uh, both, yeah. I still, I still had got to, got to throw out of finding them and owning them for a very brief amount of time. Mm. But I know like with Douglas, you know, societal expectations had pushed him into getting a job at Best Buy. Douglas had, you know, I'll let him tell his own story, but like I had to convince him to quit mm. Best Buy and join Ubisoft for his first job in games. Oh, wow. Yeah, for me, uh, I always originally, I either wanted to be in video games or be in a band. And at the time, I felt like I would be better off playing music because it was something I felt like I had some skill in. Uh, so getting a job at Best Buy was always just to fund my actual passion, which was being in a band. And then at one point, the band finally broke up after like seven years or so or even eight. I don't remember. And then uh, I was like, wow, I guess I'll go full into Best Buy now because you know, I recently got married and I should, you know, conform to society so I can like afford to be like, you know, a yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, Josh was like, Hey, I know some cool stuff that you could do in the game industry. And I was really conflicted and it came down to one of those like, well, if I don't do it, how would I ever know? So yeah. I eventually just said, screw it and jumped into it and it worked out. So, but if I had never just like taken the chance, mm. I think that would have screwed me in the end. Cause you know, you don't get those kind of offers often and, that was something I wanted to do. If it's your passion, you say no to it. Like, are you really doing yourself a service? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Like, especially when he said, uh, you got married, you got to like, think about responsibilities. No, that, that makes a ton of sense. Cause you know, we, we got married, uh, 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 th- three, three years ago. Good job. Yes. A plus. You passed, you're going to, you get to sleep in the bed tonight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, the couch is pretty comfy. I won't lie, but, okay. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I had just, uh, I, like we said this on the podcast already, like I had just quit, uh, my youth ministry job because again, it was about societal expectations that like, uh, I, I want to make an impact in the world. I really do. But it was just more of like, well, you need to make an impact in a steady job. And that's where youth ministry came along. And like what you said, Josh, it's just like a lot of people telling me how to do my passion. I don't mind doing work, which is why I'm like finding some jobs in the area we're moving to next. But it's just somebody telling me how to live my passion, how to impact people. Mm-hmm. And that just like got the best of me, I think. But yeah, yeah. And, and societal expectations really deter you from actually like pursuing that. Because again, Douglas, you said that like you only get these opportunities every so often. You, you don't get them like they just drop in your lap. But uh, Liz, any thoughts on this? Um, not particularly, um, just because my societal expectations don't come until we have kids. Oh, yeah. And then I'm expected mm-hmm. of cert- to either not work or work even harder. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, these days, really, the only expectations is that since I don't have kids, I should be focused on my career and mm-hmm. all that. But I am not a career driven person. Yeah, I I like having my little secretary job or working in a college, something like, yeah, if I get there and I love it, yeah, I'm going to do I'm going to put my all into it. Right. But 
that's not what drives me in my life, a career. It's I'm more about the passion side. I enjoy doing mm. this podcast and editing videos and writing my book and yeah. all those things. So as far as I mean, the societal expectations, they're, they're not as set on me as it is for men because you're seen as providers and it's your job. Yeah, true. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> we got to provide for our chinchillas, you know? Yeah. 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 Totally. Now we got to get a chinchilla and provide for it. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah i i don't mean did i uh cut you off did you have anything else to say about that me personally or her oh no no uh you guys sorry <laughs> i yeah we don't have a camera set up for you guys so i guess when no, I, I think uh i i think i think we kind of set our piece on that i mean yeah i uh i i like to uh defy society's expectations yeah and i and i like that you know it it, it can be I, I think that def- definition of like, I like to defy it can go like a really good way, like you're driven or it can go in like a really bad way. Mm-hmm. Like you're just rebelling just to rebel. And yeah. I think you guys are going on the driven states on, on that. Um, well, obviously, I mean, limited run games is yeah, right. uh, verified on Twitter. <laughs> so I, I think it went in a good way. But I, w- I want to move forward from that, like talking about how. You know, we have these dreams. We we have, uh, we have to rebel from societal expectations. But I want to really ask you guys about this uh, more than us. But how does one shatter the phase of daydreamer? As in, I'll buy a bar someday, or my band's gonna make it, or uh, my video game company's gonna make it someday. Like getting out of that daydream phase, shattering that, and just putting your head to the ground and just moving forward with it. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I just decided to, I mean, I, I, I got lucky and there was a very, very, uh, trying to think of the word for this, like ill-informed operation going on here in Durham called joystick labs, where they were Mm, funding video game companies. It wasn't much funding, but it was like enough Mm -hmm. or basically just ideas. Okay. And the terms were really awful. Like looking back on it, I accepted some like really grossly awful terms Mm. uh to get that funding but uh the existence of joystick labs at the right time gave me just enough money to start a company so they gave me twenty thousand dollars which sounds like a lot yeah but when you're thinking about like oh i have to buy three two thousand dollar max just to build a game for an iphone yeah uh and and actually have a team collaborate on it then i have to buy the software licenses like we were out of that money like within three months uh and then i was just you know nose to the grindstone figuring out how to make money to pay everybody else but um i had an opportunity that helped me dive into that but i think even if i didn't have that opportunity i still would have just said like i'm gonna set off and figure it out um but i always had this like background in you know i i'd been selling things on ebay since 1999 when i was in fifth grade i sold my first edition charizard on ebay uh so that i could get money to buy I think Beanie Babies, oh, <laughs> which man. were even popular at the time, so that I could sell those oh. to buy other things. So I was like, you know, I was always kind of uh, in tune with uh, selling things. I used to, I used yeah. to make fake trading card games and sell them to the other class to my classmates. <laughs> uh, so like, I, I made some Pokemon a Pokemon card game before there was an actual one here, because hmm. uh, the actual one here came in like late December of '98. So like. Mm-hmm. 
around like September 98, I had made my own and was selling it to people around uh, my classmates. And I actually got in trouble. I got suspended from school what? Um, oh my goodness. for unauthorized selling. Uh, but I, I made a bunch of other card games as well. And, and even beyond that, like when I was in third grade, I made a fake video game company, you know, selling pretend video game stuff. Yeah. Um, so like I used to play pretend video game company uh, basically in third grade. And now I play pretend real video game company. <laughs> yeah. It feels like that. Um, you've had a lot of like startups, but I've always, I've always been, you know, very motivated to like do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I feel like. I guess I've also been kind of naive and I've always just been kind of like, you know, I'll accept the consequences uh, of, of doing something irresponsible later on. So, you know, starting my company, if it had gone horribly wrong, mm. like when I started limited run games, I, I took out uh, an $85,000 personal loan to keep my game development company running while we did breach and clear for Vita. Yeah. And uh, that $85,000 the uh, loan was held against my assets. So if limited run hadn't worked out, I would have lost my house and everything I owned. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure my marriage wouldn't have survived that. Um, mm. So I basically would have just had to deal with the consequences of being completely sad and alone without a home and destitute and broke. Uh, so I think, uh, I think pursuing your passion requires a, a, a certain uh, blindness to responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily always true, but uh, I, I think, you know, somebody that uh, a filmmaker I like, Kevin Smith, nice. uh, when he made Clerks, he just took a whole bunch of credit cards out and maxed them. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of a similar situation. If that movie had gone completely wrong, mm. uh, he just would have had no money for the rest of his life. So I, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like to some degree pursuing your passion just requires you to be grossly irresponsible Hmm. potentially make a sacrifice and, and, and potentially lose everything that that you have and you just have to kind of be willing to lose it all mm-hmm. no that's that makes a lot of sense and i like what you said i i think it really comes down to getting out of that daydream daydream phase is making the sacrifice yeah. it's that commitment level that leap of faith almost yeah you know but uh, uh douglas what about you uh, do you have any other thoughts about that um, no, I mean, I agree with a lot of that. I feel like um, <clears throat> a lot of the things you kind of have to do is you have to be able to give up something or like you have to feel like you're going to sacrifice something. But at the same time, I also feel like you have to know that you're personally motivated to do it. Like, mm. oh, I'm going to give up everything I care about potentially to do this. But you also have to be one of those people that's like, I actually do care about these people. And I don't want to lose them. Yeah. Because if you're you know, emotionless. It didn't, me- it didn't mean anything to you anyway. And you just did nothing. Um, mm-hmm. so it really, it really does come down to like, you have to make the tough decisions. And I mean, those are things I had to do. Like when I first jumped into the game industry, there was no guarantee that my job was even permanent and I had to work to keep it. Um, and the, the first place I worked was like support at Ubisoft and that didn't work out. So I had like potentially lost everything there. And then, you know, mm-hmm. Josh took me, I was still working with Josh, but then he gave me an expanded role, but it wasn't, it still wasn't like a lot. It was just like I had to kind of make my own work and push to like do something and like prove my value. And it's that's kind of what you have to do is like you're not only proving to everyone else, you're proving to yourself that it means something to you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah. That's if things hadn't worked out, I wouldn't have been nearly as bad off as him, but it would have been a pretty big hit. And I think it would have uh, 
affected my personal life a lot and probably like lowered my confidence. Um, but I just kept pushing as hard you as I could. You could be working out like Boost Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> right? you, think, you, got that, you got that chirp? Yeah. <laughs> Where are you at? I don't even think there is a Boost store anymore. I don't, think there is. I don't know. There's that one. Yeah, it might be. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely, you have to get out of the daydream phase. Like the band stuff for me, I always wanted to do it and I was pushing as hard as I can, but nobody else was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that point, you're stuck. And it's like, am I going to be able to keep doing this if I'm the only one on the team? You have to find other like minded people. I yeah. feel you there. Cause I, and that's why I told people when I was in a band, like I've been in four or five bands, seven yeah. men, uh, a good, good amount of them. But I feel you, Douglas, that the hardest part about having a band is like making sure everybody's on the same page. And it was a lot of just like, no, I'm just doing this for fun. I'm like, I want to do this. But you have to have like four people on the same page, sometimes three, like water parks. Yeah. 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 But um, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I like what you guys say. You have to make daydream phase go, not just go away, but just move forward with it. Mm-hmm. And also communicate with your partners, too, because yeah. once you're married, it's, it's easy to make that sacrifice when you're crashing on your friend's couch and you're single. You got no responsibilities. But then once you're married, it's like that makes the step like even harder because it's also someone else's life. Exactly. Yeah. But no, that that, that makes a lot of sense. And um, going forward with that. Um, and again, like I just want to respect your time. I don't mean to like jump forward always. But um, when we're talking about going forward and just putting your head to the ground and like actually going forward with the passion and making a career from it, um, there's there's a book I'm reading uh, from uh, Greg McEwen. Uh, it's it's called um, I have it right down essentialism the disciplined pursuit of less and there's a really awesome quote in it that goes essentialism is not about how to get more things done it's about how to get the right things done now I want to ask you with that quote how can overworking yourself destroy your passion and in consequence dismantle your goals so I want to I want to hear from you guys what do you guys think so I can I can tell you from uh, I worked at when I worked at Epic as a game tester, mm-hmm. for example, uh, before working at Epic, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this great job at like an established game company and just work there for the rest of my life. Like, that's what I I, I was aiming towards. That was my goal. I wasn't going to do something on my own, uh, but I was going to do something that was in my passion, which was video games. I was going to go work at a game company, a cool one that I liked. Uh, and make AAA games. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I got this job at Epic, and I ended up working uh, 90 to 100 hour weeks oh for four months. And uh, I never saw you. I, I came out of it uh, while I was doing that. Uh, my mom went to the hospital for the the, the illness that took her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, she was in the hospital for months, so I got to see her. But while I was at Epic, I didn't have any time to go see her. Uh, so if she had died while I was at Epic, I would have just, you know, she would have gone to the hospital, died and been gone. And I would have been like, Oh, great. But but I got to work on Gears of War too. Great. Yeah. Uh, my brother was in a car crash, uh, where he almost died and I hadn't seen him for months. Uh, so it gave me this perspective on, on kind of like having to figure out how to have a life and a career. Mm. And I realized that if I kept pursuing this passion of working in AAA games, because almost every company is the same with the, with crunch time. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have a life anymore. I would have to give that up. And yeah. I 
did not want to accept that. So after that, you know, after I worked at Epic, I was at a crossroads where I was like, do I still want to work in games even? And that's yeah. why like, I consider it fortunate that this joystick labs thing came around and they were just kind of stupidly giving away money. <laughs> um, yeah. And when I say stupidly giving away money, like they literally gave money to people with zero experience. So every other company they funded outside of, so there was two companies that survived. Mm-hmm. Uh, my company, and then one that had some Yale graduates at the head, but mm. they gave money to seven companies. Five of them failed outright. Man. And one of them that showed up like that, I think that the person showed up knowing that like, literally he didn't even have to like deliver a product and he could wow. just get the money. So, um, yeah, yeah. that was a, a very naive program, but it, it gave me the start. Uh, so I was fortunate that that showed up, but you know, to the point working, uh, 100 hour weeks at Epic uh, and and testing games. I mean, it it changed the way I play video games now, mm-hmm. and like I can't revert back. So now when I play games, like there's some wiring in my brain where I just start running characters into walls and like intentionally trying to break it. I'm like, I don't even want to break the game. It's like my mind's just wired to do that now. Yeah, and it gets kind of annoying because I I, I like I break games that I shouldn't break. Mm-hmm. Like I just broke Gears of War five. I guess I should break a Gears of War game, but yeah, right. Uh, yeah. I, I and and it kind of ruined my enthusiasm to keep playing it. Oh, um, totally. And I broke Final Fantasy eight like mm. right at the end and lost an hour of progress because oh, I was no. dumb and hadn't saved. Yeah. Uh, I learned a lesson there. Mm. Uh, Always but, safe. Yeah. But man, it gets annoying. Uh, it kind of it kind of uh, hurt my passion for playing games because now I just waste a lot of time running into walls. Yeah. It's like I can't stop myself from doing it. I'm like trained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, just to piggyback on him, I have the same a lot of the same issues because I uh, a lot of my first jobs in the game industry was as a tester or doing support. So I don't do it nearly as bad as him. But if I find a bug, I start re- trying to recreate it as if I'm writing a bug report, and it's really frustrating. Maybe mm-hmm. like record the video on my PlayStation. And I'm like, why am I doing this? And yeah. It's like, oh, because it's kind of funny to me that they like didn't find this bug, and I'm able to do it again. Um, and I had the same issues sometimes with games we do even like if we're really heavily promoting a game and I'm like super into it and like doing stuff and then it finally releases and I have it in my hands to play. I, I don't want to play it because it's like I've already spent months on this game and it's like it's not the same to me. This happened especially with our own games like when we did Saturday Night RPG, I did a lot of the testing for it when it went to consoles and when I finally got it, I was like, I don't even get the trophies for this anymore because it's like I've already fake got the trophies so many times. Yeah, I'm always surprised when when Pete comes in. Yeah, and he's like, he's, I got all the trophies in our game. I'm like, really? He's massive. Very surprised. Yeah, he just you, you played this game for thousands of hours, and you still want to earn the trophies. He's 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 a tough dude. Um, but yeah, it could definitely burn you out, and you just have to kind of be careful. And like now, our team is a lot bigger, so I'm not as personally involved in every aspect of doing something, and neither is Josh. So we actually get a little bit of a distance between us and the games here and there. We still like like to be hands on, but. For marketing, for example, like we have a team now and like uh, yeah. I don't have to worry about like directing the shipping team and all this other stuff. And I don't have to answer customer support tickets myself. Like I'm not as involved with these games, so I actually get to enjoy them a little more. And I think the Josh has a very like good thing here at work where he enforces, you know, like we have standard hours. Like he doesn't expect yeah. people to work overtime. And that really helps, I think, with just the mentality here and just keeping everybody like high morale. Yeah, and I completely respected that. In fact, when I was, you know, just to like really appreciate you guys, 
Um, I remember when I first contacted you. Um, oh, sorry, I'm hearing feedback on my end. Um, okay, but um, yeah, I, I just like when I first contacted you guys, uh, and uh, you said like, well, you know, first he has to go through our marketing team, and I, I completely respected that. Like, you know, you guys were busy. And again, it goes into essentialism. You have to get the right things done, not get the most things done. Mm -hmm. And even now, when I contacted your marketing, they said, well, you know what? They have to say that it has to be during work hours when they record the podcast. And again, I was like, that's amazing. Like, you guys knew exactly what your limits are. This is still like a job to you. But once you clock out, then you can enjoy your life. You can be with your families. You can just enjoy what your what else your hobbies are and your interests but uh and i think that goes into that quote it's not about getting the most things done it's getting the right things done and you have that like down packed from what i can tell so definitely want to appreciate that part about yeah. it but uh liz do you have any thoughts about this subject um i mean i i like the quote where it's you know you don't you want to get the right things done and that comes into mo like again mm -hmm doing something that matters like right like yeah. when you're looking at a list of 10 things to do you're always going to do the things that are more important mm -hmm. first so that you know you get those done yeah you know so i think that's a good mindset to have when it comes to working or pursuing your passion and or doing mm. certain things it's you have to make sure that what needs to be taken care of is taken care of first no right on but uh yeah so just to, again, I, I know we're running out of time here, but uh, so I'm going to combine the last two notes into one big uh, topic sandwich here, you know, kind of like a, you know, like a sloppy Joe donut almost kind of deal. But really want to ask uh, like this group right here, when we're talking about society and we're talking about societal expectations and finally overcoming that, right, and finally like just driving forward with what your passion is. Could society just be a better thing to be a part of if everybody just went with what their passions were? And, you know, to combine the two, how can we inspire or encourage more people to just drive into their passions so that society could be better? So I want to hear from uh, you guys first. Um, what do you think about this? I mean, I think if everybody pursued their passion, we might end up with a problem where nobody wants to be certain jobs. Oh, good point. I feel like we're but then again, I'm always surprised when I hear that like farming simulator is super popular. And I'm yeah. like, it's like, you would think that a farmer would be like, I spent all day farming. I don't want to go home and play a farming game. Yeah. But yeah. Then they, you're like, okay, all right. Hmm. You know, I guess, I guess there, there's everybody, there, there's a person for everything, but it might be a geolocational issue though. What if like nobody's passionate about plumbing around here? Mm. And like all the plumbers, the people that are passionate about plumbing are in California. Wow. Yeah. It's like, you know, they, they got all the, the plumbers in California, but we got none in North Carolina. It's like, how are we going to fix our pipes? How are you going to fix your house? You know, it's just going to leak everywhere. Because there might be like one or two guys that are like, yeah, I love plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> like one person who's really passionate about septic tanks. Ugh. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, though, I feel like our generation is pursuing their passions, though. Like we... They always like, you know, there's always jokes like, oh, the millennials are just going to theme parks now. And then like, oh, or they're killing the paper towel industry because they're, or they're just a YouTuber now or a Twitch person. Like, I feel like we're getting better. Um, mm -hmm. But like at the same time, it does go to what Josh says. If everybody sees YouTubers as a thing, this is just an example. I mean, it's like when you're it's a kid, like, when you're a kid, everybody wants to be like, you know, when we were kids, everyone wanted to be like a movie star or an right. astronaut or, or like a rock star or, yeah. you know, whatever. And it's like, 
if we all got to do what we wanted to as kids, who's doing the other jobs? Who's doing like yeah. who's making the food at a restaurant, like like at like a a hole in the wall restaurant, like when mm-hmm. I just want like a cheap cheap food, like because you know if somebody wants to make food, they're gonna want to be a chef. They're gonna want to like work at like you know five, five star, star restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who's who's making me? My pizza at the Sabaro at Cary Town Center <laughs> with the 86 sanitation rating. I think it's 82, dude. 82. It was 82. I'm giving too much credit. Yeah. <laughs> it's about to shut down. Thanks. Uh, it's a good question. Um, I think if more people went after their passions as a whole, it would be good. But I think mm. you're going to have, by default, people that just, they're okay doing the standard nine to five or whatever yeah. to like make ends meet. That's just what they've accepted. And I don't. I mean, I guess, I guess, yeah. Like you can pursue your passion and still, you know, work at the Sabaro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> they're gonna. It's it's what I did. I started at Best Buy because it's like what I had to have money to live. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. want to do it, so I can't just magically make money up here and then be in a band that's successful. Mm-hmm. So I think it's. I think you're gonna get a good mixture, and I think a lot more people are trying to do different things now. Yeah, and we actually talked to our last guest last week, uh, Volt Supreme, who is the um, composer behind the the upcoming game Adam's Ascending, and we were just talking about how he has to work full time. Like he is composing music for a video game and working full time. And Nick DiPaolo, of course, uh, developer, he's also working full time and making like a game all at the same time. And it's pursuing your passion, but like like what you said, Douglas, uh, someone's got to eat. Someone's got to go get those like disgusting pizzas in an 82 rating sanitation 82 really it's pretty yeah our uh our office manager noticed it when she was like scouting locations and she used to run like a lot of restaurants and bars and she was just shocked that something could be that yeah, low apparently you have to 82. try to get that yeah yeah um, apparently that means like you refuse to fix previous issues yeah she said the health inspector should be back soon man and that, and that's the, well, I, I shouldn't be surprised. We come from Philadelphia, and there was um, there's a lot of holes in the walls, especially if you go to uh, North Philly. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of those. But you know, take what you can get. <laughs> but uh, Liz, what do you think? Like, could society be better? And I and I like what Josh says that you could run into a problem if everybody mm-hmm. just did like the whole astronaut rock star basketball player all in, all in one, just like sandwich it together. Oh, um, you know, a you could. Yeah. No short basketball games to watch. Yeah. What do you you think? I feel like you would have a whole lot more happier people. Okay. Um, because when you're doing your passion, I feel like that should at least make you happy. Yeah. Um and yeah, you could run into the problem where you might run in like there's no manual labor people. But there are people out there who are just like, you know what? I just want to work. Yeah. I want to go to work. I want to lift things. I want to be done. Yeah. You know, so there are people who don't strive to be that famous. So, yeah, you might run into that problem. It could go either way. But I think if you had a society of people all achieving their dream, whatever that may be, I think you would have a whole lot of happy people. Oh. See, like when you said. As long as you paid them the appropriate amount. Yeah. See, (laughs) like. For their fashion. You bring up a good point by saying, like, everybody. I, I think we can, going back to the first one, like defining a passion, there could even be a difference between a passion and a dream. Mm-hmm. You know, a very slight, very fine line, but like a dream can be, like my, my yeah. dream is to, you know, eat that Sloppy Joe donut and That's not die. Gross. That's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it's not my passion. But yeah, if you think of passion, like I was thinking earlier, like I really love our dog. Yeah. Our dog is my entire life. 
Yeah. He's one of my passions. He's a good life. boy. He is. And so I could take that passion and say, I love dogs. Right. I should make a doggy daycare. Bam. You're still working your passion because you're spending your whole day with dogs. Mm. You know, so a passion doesn't need to be a rock star. Yeah. You know, a passion can be, I'm interested in this and I want to spend my whole day doing this. Mm. You know, so it doesn't always have to be like your dream, like someone who wants to open a doggy daycare can also want to be pink, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. So like, oh, I'm hearing that feedback again. Oh, well, but, um, yeah, I'm still hearing that feedback. Oh, well. So, like I said, I want to, you know, make sure that we respect your time and, uh, we are running out of time. I want to make sure that, um, you get any work done and, going back to your own passions of life uh one being chinchillas and the other one being uh donuts but uh any any like final words before we close things off um no i i, I feel like you know just to close things a lot of the talks have been about passions and dreams i think you can do everything you wanted to you just have to have you know uh realistic expectations and yeah. the drive to do things um we've been really fortunate to have people here that are so driven um and everybody's like usually on the same page here so we all feel like a good team and that's just kind of what you got to find you got to find your team Mm. yeah yeah that's true like talking about that band perspective like you got to get people on the same page as you not on the same level but the same page at least yeah same goal yeah uh josh what about you uh, I mean, I don't think I have any additional closing statements. I mean, I just I hope people can find some way to pursue their passion while still, uh, you know, making ends meet. I think that they'll be happier for it. I definitely agree with that. Um, I because I am very happy in what I do. I love what I do, yeah. and I love going to work. And they give me a hard time about that at work now. <laughs> Like, really? Because I I I expressed like two weeks ago that I don't like the sayings like oh I hate Monday or I hate Mondays like I'm like don't G-G-I-F. don't come in here with that Garfield <laughs> stuff like you know yeah I, I, love, I just I love, hate waking up early That's I know, what it really I, is. I love my job I love coming to work on Monday you know because I feel yeah. like I feel like the weekend is an opportunity for my work to pile up mm. and, and, and it just like you know. If we just go on Monday and start knocking it out, like if we change you know, the hours to twelve to eight, I'll be okay. It's just that I don't and, want to wake up early. And I, I just, I just, I just like work. You know, G-G-I-F. I don't think it says anything about you know me not liking the rest of my life. I like the rest of my life. I like everything about my life, but I like work. I mean, it's a and nice I job. Like, I love it. I feel like thank God it's Friday. It's like uh, it's like a like a like a like a low key way to say, oh, I really don't like my. Glad that my For me, my, I'm so my glad sequence I of work in. is. It's just I'm glad I can sleep on it all. Okay, that's that's, that's whatever. But, I like you know. being at work. I like being at my desk. I just don't like being sleepy. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. Right on. I don't know about everybody else. I think some people really just enjoy going old. Yeah, so, I mean, I, you can me, enjoy though, your like job, but also look yeah. forward to like your couch too. Yeah. Yeah. On my couch. Yeah. Let me get a new couch. I'm looking at them. <laughs> Do you still have like a like a like a futon? No, I basically have that thing, like the three oh, seat with the pull out, okay. and my cats like go under them, and sometimes I can't like put it down because I'm afraid I'll kill them. Oh yeah. my god! So it's like nerve wracking, and it's just not comfy anymore. Dang, I'm sorry to hear that, man. I mean, you know, it's it's a tough life having a couch. Apparently, it really is. Yeah, it is tough. <laughs> but um, so yeah. 
I think uh, this is a good way to end our podcast by making sure our cats aren't dead by futon beds. So I think that's a good way to end things. <laughs> um, but yeah, so closing out, where can people find you on Twitter, Instagram? Uh, where can we find you guys? Uh, you can find us on Twitter for the company at. Oh. You can find me and Josh at Lemon and Run Doug, Lemon and Run Josh. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Instagram at Lemon and Run Games. You can find our website at LemonandRunGames.com. Yeah. Um, and why and should then uh, slash Lemon and Run Games? It's pretty easy. Yeah. And um, I guess I should say this too. Why should uh, why should people visit your website? I I, th- I think I should have said that from the start. But what's on your website? We have a lot of really cool physical game releases there to to pick up and uh, add to your game collection. Yeah. Like nice. I don't know when this will actually go out to people, so I can't name any specific titles, but there's bound to be something cool there. Ooh. Yeah. I yeah. But they're all, all sold out. Every time I like I go on the site, I'm like, ah, oh, I was just I was just too late. Uh, we've got we've got open pre orders running on Switch stuff now. So uh those those that means that all of our Switch games are usually open for order for anywhere from two to, to four weeks. So uh, right now, our open pre-orders uh, are Blazing Chrome and mm. uh, what was the one we just launched? Wander Song. Yeah, where are we? Which yeah. Game was it? Uh, so it's Wander Song and Blazing Chrome. So those two are available on the website until uh, next Friday. So there's a whole week to order them at your leisure whenever you want. They won't sell out. They'll sell out next Friday, though, uh, oh, once yeah. I take the stock out. And uh, then, then they move to manufacturing. Uh, but uh, a large portion of our games are open pre-order now. Okay. So, cool. We have a we have our first local event that we're putting on. Um, it's called the Pop Up Shop Up. It's in our local mall, the Cary Town Center Mall, and you can eat at the Sabaro we talked yeah, about. You oh. can have that Sabaro before it's gone, <laughs> if it's not already. You're right on. That's on November November twenty third through the twenty fourth. All right, you here here for uh, what what mall was it again? Cary Town Center. It's in uh, Cary, North Carolina. Okay, so if you're in uh, North uh, Carolina, uh, what's that? I was going to say, it's the mall that Josh and I uh, school next to it. There's like a high school across the street, and it's uh, slowly gotten more and more empty. And we're- I mean, it's a dead mall, but we're having, you know, what better place to have a pop-up shop for 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 something everybody thinks is dead, physical media, uh, right than a dead mall. Yeah, it's very go. nostalgic. That actually fits pretty well, though. Yeah. But And, of course, you can go on the website. You can check out some sweet merch. By the way, that hoodie, it's pretty sweet. I'm just going to put that <laughs> out there. But uh, yeah, physical merch, uh, whether it be physical games, um, game collection, uh, sleeves, it, it's it's all on there on the website. We'll have a link down below in our YouTube as well as the audio versions of this. And uh, just to close things off, we just want to remind you guys, you can follow us on Twitter at Gaming Groceries or follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. You can also follow us on Instagram, Games Groceries, all one word. And finally... Uh, If you like this episode, definitely give it a like, definitely give it a share. And if you're so inclined, if you enjoyed this sort of topic, you can subscribe to the channel as well as hit that notification bell so that you know when all these podcasts come out on your subscription feed. So with all that said and done, we want to let you guys go, get back to your passions in life. So uh, we want to sign off. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye.